Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So if you could just turn with me, I want to I want to get right to it. Um, to 1 Kings 17. And while you're doing that, I'm going to try to get my message back. Yeah, Pastor Steve, might be you preaching today. Yes. Hallelujah. It must be something good. The, the, the enemy wants to steal it. Somebody, somebody's going to get changed this morning. Yes. Can you just stand for the reading of, of the word as, as we read the word together? I know, it's like we stand, we sit, we stand, we sit, right? Let's honor God, though, as we stand and, and, read, and read the word this morning. I don't really feel bad for you because I have to stand here for the next 45 minutes. We'll start at verse, uh, uh, we're in verse, First uh, Kings 17. Let's, let's start in verse 1 here. Now, Elijah, the Chisbite of Chisbe, And Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the Lord of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself uh, by the brook of Cherith, which is the east of Jordan. You shall drink from the brook. And I, and I have uh, commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to, what, to the word of the Lord. And he went and he lived by the brook, uh, brook Cherith in the east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Verse 8, then the word of the Lord came to him, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and he dwelt there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he rose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a woman was there gathering sticks. And he had called to her and said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, the Lord, your God, as the Lord, your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for my myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as as you you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And then afterwards, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall be spent, uh, should not be spent and the jug of oil should not be empty until the day of the Lord sends the rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and she and her 
in her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that spoke by Elijah. So last week we talked about finding your purpose. This week we're going to talk about fulfilling your purpose, and we're going to talk about four ways to fulfill your purpose. Amen. Amen. Let us pray this morning. Father, we Thank you for just being our Father, and we thank you for all that you're doing. We know that you have a purpose for us, God, and we want to first identify that purpose, and we want to fulfill that purpose, Lord God. Without you, Lord, we're nothing. We're just empty vessels, Lord God. We're ready to be filled by you, Lord God. We're ready to be overflowed by, by you, Lord God. Whatever you called us to do, we are here. We're available for you, Lord God. Only you make sense in life, God. We just thank you. We need your will. If we have your will, we have everything, God. So we just thank you for all that you're doing, Lord God. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak your word. What a great honor it is, Lord God. So have your way in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody give him some praise. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, honey. So we've, again, as, as I was saying, we're, so we're in a going deeper series, and last week I talked about uh, uh, finding, finding your purpose, and, and this week we're going to talk about fulfilling the pur your purpose. And we've been talking about the life of Elijah. He's very interesting, and God used him in such a miraculous way. I mean, uh, Elijah was bad. I mean, you know. <laughs> He called out fire from heaven. I mean, he did. He, I mean, he, he called up some rain from heaven, rain down from heaven. He, he did some amazing things. And um, but, so the Lord continued to, to use uh, uh, Elijah in such a miraculous way. But, you know, Elijah, Elijah is so interesting because it's like he's just a regular guy, just like you and I. Like, you know, we well, last week we talked about how depressed he was, right? He was sitting up under a tree. You know, he was at a place where he's not supposed to be, right? He was supposed to be in Israel. He was, he was somewhere else, de depressed, tired, right? So, you know, we go through, how, how many of those uh, people have gone through seasons of discouragement and, and things like that? So he was sitting up the tree, sitting underneath a tree. He was discouraged. So he had issues like us. He was fearful at times, you know, running for his life. So he's, he's a regular guy, just like you and I. Right. But it's interesting what God saw in him. It's interesting like God was still able to use Elijah. So what was it about Elijah that found that God found interesting and something that we can learn? So as I was reading this text, I noticed some things kept repeating itself. There's some things kept repeating itself. First time, I've read it so many times. I read this text so many times. I read the story of Elijah so many times. So not just this text. If you read out his, his whole life story, it's certain, a, a certain thing that keeps repeating itself. And God opened up my eyes to it during this time. I was just like, whoa. So the one thing that keeps repeating itself when you read about the life of Elijah, it says... The word of the Lord came to Elijah. Mm, come on. If you read it, so in 66 verses, in five books, it says the word of the Lord came to Elijah. 
She might be saying, Pastor, what's the big deal of that? The word of the Lord came to Elijah. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. So then I was pondering that. I said, wow, God, so what are you saying? So what I got from the Lord is that Elijah was a, a resting place for God. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. So God was able to rest. Elijah was a resting place for God. And that's my first point today. We need to be a resting place for God. So the word of the Lord came to Elijah. So God constantly came to Elijah. God constantly used Elijah. Why? Because he was able to trust him. Elijah stood, stood for him in, in faith no matter what. He stood, he stood for him. Mind you, so it wasn't a lot of Christians during this time. So the, a lot of the Israelites, right, turned to other gods. They, they, they renounced their, or denounced their uh, Christianity. They were just like, they went and they just served Baal. Right. Elijah felt like he was the only one, only one who believed in the one and only God, the true God. So he stood in faith. He said, no, no, no. I am standing for God, our creator, who, the one who created this world. Amen. And so he felt like he was the only one. So 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 the word of the Lord came to him because God knew, knew that God, that that Elijah was stand in faith. Are you, are you with me so far? You're, you're following me a little bit? So the word of the Lord came to Elijah. So it may be true that God cannot find rest in us until we are being and doing what he says. So when the word of the Lord came to Elijah, he did what God said for him to do. He said, he said to go, go to a, present yourself to Ahab. He said to go and present yourself to Ahab, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. So even during this time where Elijah was resting, because the word of the Lord came to um, Elijah and says, first of all, I find Elijah very interesting, as I said. Like, he came out of nowhere. Like, where did Elijah come? It, the, the text actually starts with Elijah, right, just bursting into the scene and, and, and presenting himself to the king, the king, like you get back in those days, you get killed, right? You can't say just anything you want to a king. So imagine the level of faith that Elijah had. He burst onto the scene. We don't even know where he came from. He just came in and he's first thing he says that, that there will be no rain, right? And, uh, until it comes out of my mouth. That's it. And left. And the, the Lord said, oh, hey man, you better get up out of there. <laughs> Because they about to kill you, you better get up out of here. So here, so here's Elijah now, right? He's late, he's 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 resting, right? And 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 the Lord is is now uh, feeding him, right? Um, um, and you know, during this time, during this season. So and it said that he lived, he lived by the brook. So that means he was there for a while. Remember, it was it was a famine. Remember, it was a drought here. But he lived by the brook that fed him every day. Like ravens came to feed him. Just just want to say this real quick before I continue. Like like I I don't like birds. Like me and birds don't really get along. 
right? I had a bad experience with birds. I'm not going to tell you what the experience was because I know you will, you will uh, make fun of me. But I'm not going to tell you. So, so I always I often say to, to God, like, God, please don't send a bird to feed me because I'm not going to think it's miraculous. That's not going to do anything for me. I'm going to think God is against me if he sends a bird to feed me. Like, this doesn't do anything when they say, oh, yeah, Elijah, ravens came and fed Elijah. That doesn't do anything for me. That's not a miracle to me, right? Because I just have, I have a thing for birds. It's me and birds don't really get along. So I'm asking God, don't send a bird to feed me. I got, I know. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I know you're, you're, you're teasing me about it, so I'm not going to share it with you. Amen. And if those that know the story, right, I pray, if you tell it, I pray that God will send birds to haunt you. Haunt you. But here it is, Elijah's living by the, the, the brook, right? And he was, he was being fed every day. He didn't have to worry about anything. Then all of a sudden, the brook dries up. What is your faith like, right, when things dry up? See, it's easier to serve God when everything's flowing. But your, your faith is tested and developed when things dry up. When things dry up. Amen? So it's easy to have faith. Like, God is moving in my life. Look at all the things that he's doing. But when, what happens when he's not? When you feel like he's not? That's when your faith is being tested, right? Because your, your faith, because God is looking for a faith response. Or are you going to react emotionally? So he's looking for a faith response, or are you going to uh, react emotionally? So going through a wilderness season, going, to a, going through a dry season, that's when your faith is developed. It's not when things are going well. That's easy. It's easy to serve God when things are going well, right? But when things are being challenged in your life and you actually go through those things, and overcome those things, that's when you come out better. And other people get blessed, right? Because you now have a what? Testimony. So we need to stop asking God to remove certain obstacles that are in our way and ask God, how can we overcome them? How can I overcome them? I know that my faith is being tested, but you want my faith to be developed during this time. Amen. So, so Elijah lived by this brook for a long time, like God was supporting him for a long time. All of a sudden, it dried up. But then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. Are you with me? So God, so, so Elijah was a resting place for, uh, for God. A resting place for God. How many want to be a resting place for God? Think about it for a second. You become the God Almighty who created us in his own image, who created everything that we see, everything. He created everything, wants to rest in us. He wants to find room in us, a place where he can rest and he can reside. Isn't that amazing? He wants to rest with us. So what are some other ways that we can become God's resting place? Right? And so uh, uh, Isaiah 66, verse 1 says, Thus says the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. 
What is the house that you will build for me and what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made and, all, and so all things come or came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who was humble and contrite spirit and trembles at our word. So look at what God, so look what the Lord is saying, right? He will find rest to individuals that are humble, that have a contrite spirit, right? And trembles at his word. I mean, you take his word seriously. Like you look for his word and you follow his word. You take his word seriously. He's saying that if I have people that have a contrite spirit and who, and who lives their life based on humility and trembles at my word, I will find rest. Could it be that he saw that in Elijah and he found rest in Elijah? The word of the Lord came and rested in Elijah. You going with me? The text says there, there are three ways it says contrite spirit that will, will God will find, will make home. Three, uh, contrite spirit, uh, a person that trembles at his word and a person with humility. So God cannot fulfill his plan if he doesn't see those things. Isn't that amazing? See, God's purpose is to make an enlargement in us so people can see us. Like the world really needs to see God in us and through us. So God wants to make an enlargement inside of us. Amen? A place where, where the Father can just come in, that, a place that where he knows he is loved, where, where he is loved. It's hard. God cannot make a home in us if we're full of bitterness. If we're full of bitterness. That's why he tells us to forgive. He says, no, forgive. You have to forgive because if you don't, you'll walk around bitter. They're not worth it. I say it better. They ain't worth it. It's not. They're not. Because if you don't get rid of them, right, God can make his way in you. See, God will always be around, right? Omnipotent God, he will always be around, but he wants to be in us. He wants to rest in us. He wants to rest in us. He wants other people to see God, see himself in us. Amen? So they're not worth it. Tell somebody they're not worth it. They're not worth it. They don't belong in here. The people that have done you wrong, they don't belong here. That's their fault. See, God is doing something new in your life. You're becoming new. See, amen. So God has a purpose. He has a great plan in your life. So they, don't, they, they can't take space in here. And they can't take space in here. They're not worth it. Because what God is trying to give you, trying to do in your life, right? He needs to say, I need a little room. I need a little room. So I need you to kind of work on the forgiveness right now because they're not worth it. They're taking up too much space. They need to go. They need to go. Oh, we're getting, we getting warmed up. 
We're, we're doing, you're doing all right out there? Purpose, purpose, purpose. It's nothing like having purpose. Purpose, there's nothing like having purpose and then God fulfilling the purpose. It's like, oh, just sit back and just watch how God fulfills your purpose. It's just amazing. See, having purpose gives me direction. Gives me something to wake up to every day, something to look forward to. Like, okay, God, what are you going to do today? What are you going to do today? Purpose, purpose. You, we have to have purpose. Amen? So the second thing, so the first thing we have to, so the first way that we can fulfill our purpose is that we must be a, a resting place for God. And the second way is that in order to fulfill a purpose is God leads, we follow. That's simple. Like God will fulfill your purpose for you. We cannot fulfill our own purpose. The word of the Lord came to Elijah and he followed it. See, see, Elijah's purpose was wherever God sent his word. So wherever God sent his word, that's your purpose. Psalms, I love how David says, Psalms 57, 2 says, I cry out to God, to Most High, to, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. I love that. There's two main facts that David pointed out here. God has purpose for him, and God will fulfill that purpose. When both of these truths come together, right, it's called providence. The providence of God. That means God is for us. God is for us, right? God both preserves all things and guides them to its intended end. So he calls you to something and he guides it, right, to the intended end. God's providence is his execution of that decree and that promise. Come on, that is great, man. I think that's great. Providence comes from the word provide, right? To supply what is needed to give sustenance or support to something. Amen? God calls us to a purpose and he will fulfill it. Hallelujah. We just need to follow the plan. We just need to follow the plan. See, it's not my plans that are blessed and ordained. It's God's plans that are blessed and ordained. Amen? So we must, just, we must just focus on letting go, obey, and stay out the way. Let go, obey, and stay out the way. Come on, say it with me. Let go, obey, stay out the way. Oh, you don't sound convincing. Let go, obey, and stay out the way. Let go. Let go. Some of us can't even get in the vehicle with, with God. Some of us really need to get in the trunk because if you're in the passenger side, you're gonna tell God how to drive. Then you have backseat drivers, right? It's like, it's nothing more frustrating. You're all the way in the back and you're still telling me where to go. So some of us need to get in the trunk. So no one can hear, just let God do his thing. He knows exactly where you need to go, what you need, what you need in your life. Just let him drive. Let it go. Stop trying to control the outcome. It's not your purpose. God purposed you for a reason. It's his purpose that he's calling you to. But he has to do the work. You just got to let God lead and you follow. Drop your net 
and follow him. Like drop your net, drop what you think what should happen, drop your will for God's will. Get out of the car and get in the trunk for some people. It will be better. Your life will be better. You will see amazing things. Amen? So it's not our plans that are ordained, blessed and ordained. It's God's plans for our lives. Amen? So stop trying to do God's work for him. Amen? So sometimes we, we, say, we say, okay, God, I have these plans that I, I want to pursue. Here are. Can you bless them? Right? We try to make something good. Well, we try to make something God. Lead. <laughs> right? Right? Well, then we try to proposition God. It's like, okay, God, you know, if you bless me with this amount of money, I will pay my tithe. I mean, God, I'm doing it for you, for your church to be blessed. If you just give me an amount of money, I would, you know, I would bless them. I'm doing it for you. Do you know, like, God, God doesn't need you to do him any favors? He doesn't need you to do him any favors. He is God all by himself. He knows what he's doing. Where were you when I created the earth? Where were you? Like, God, honestly, I don't know if you know that or not. He knows what he's doing for all of us. He knows exactly what he's doing. What he's doing. So we have to let go. Let go. Let God be God. Like some, sometimes we have to stay out of grown folks' business. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Stay out of grown. Like some things that God is doing in my life is, is too grown for me. Like I can't, like I can't fathom some of those things. I can't be in grown folks' business. I have to let God do, do his things. Thing, amen? Do you remember um, when Jesus brought the three disciples on the Mount um, Transfiguration, right? He brought three disciples. Of course, you know Peter was there. Right, um, so so they came up and and then all of a sudden Jesus was transforming, um, um, the glory of God was on them, and then they saw Moses and Elijah, and so here's Peter, right? If you read the story, here's Peter. He says, so as Jesus is transforming and all this glowing and all this and that, here's Peter. He said, hey hey um, hey hey Jesus, um, you know Moses, uh, paraphrasing Moses and Elijah there. Why don't we pitch a tent for him? I don't want to ask Peter to do that. So here it is, Elijah, uh, right? Moses is there, and, Le uh, and Jesus is, is just transforming and the, the glory of God. And then God uh, came and said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. Listen to him. I know Peter was like, oh, let me get out of this. <laughs> I mean, mind my own business. <laughs> you know, let me, my, let me stay out of grown folks' business. No one asked Peter to pinch a tent. Just be there. Like, like just come for the ride, right? Uh, sometimes we try to bring God along for the ride, right? So, so the purpose of, of the disciples for them to come along for the ride so you can experience, right, for what God is doing in your life. Let God be God. Just watch what he does. Watch what he does in your life. Just watch. Just come along. You come along for the ride and watch what the Lord do in your life. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I love it. It's going to be blessed. His plans are blessed and ordained. Whenever I try to plan something, God laughs at it. Amen? So I got one better. God will always one-up us. Oh, man.
praise him. Praise him. Let God do the leading and everything will make sense. Amen. See, obedience says, God, what are your plans you want me to pursue? And give me the strength to follow it. So God wants us to let go, obey. What was the other thing? Get out the way. And get out the way. <laughs> get out the way. Get out the way. Let God be God. So, that, so the first two ways that fulfill our purpose is, one, just be a, a place of resting, a resting place for God. And two, well, we can't fulfill our purpose. We just need to follow, right? So let God lead and we follow. And the third thing, we have to be diligent. We have to be diligent. I love what the dictionary says about diligence. It says to be constant, a constant in effort to accomplish something, attentive and persistent in, do, in doing anything, pursued with persevering attention. I love that. Diligence is persisting with a task until it is completed. It is complete. A diligent person pursues their purpose with persevering attention. Diligent people get the job done. They don't quit. They do what God tells them to do. Elijah was diligent. In two ways the Bible um, talks about, many ways the Bible talks about, but two ways I want to point out what the Bible says about diligence, right? It says um, in, in Hebrews 11, 6, it says, but without faith it is possible, impossible to please him, for he comes to God, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who, what? Diligently seek him. So we need to diligently seek God. That means we continue to seek him, pursue him with persistence, with persistence, right? That we don't take a time off and not pursue him. Like we need to constantly pursue God, pursue him in a way to, that, that pleases him. We need to be diligent in how we seek God. He said he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What does that mean? If you seek him, you will find him. You will be rewarded by finding him. So if you are looking for a purpose and a purpose to be fulfilled, you continue to, you diligently seek him and you will be rewarded for that. That might preach a little bit, right? That, is that okay? It's like, like if we continue, if we're persistent at, at finding God or seeking God, we, we will find him. We'll be rewarded for that. So we need to take, we need to take our commitment to God and, and, and be committed and fulfilling your purpose. We need, to, we need to be so committed to God, right? We need to be diligently um, seeking. Oh, this is, my pad is really messing up. Pray for it. Can you stretch forth your hand and just pray for the time? I mean, just like, oh my goodness. Yes. So you need to take your life assignment seriously. How much time are you spending on your God-given assignment? Diligently seek him. Right? What, what is your purpose? How often are you spending, how, how much time are you spending on seeking it? 
and allowing God to fulfill it, right? We have to be diligent at seeking him. We must immerse ourselves in prayer and meditation, right, regarding our cause. Don't allow distractions. Get rid of distractions, amen? God's trying to speak to you, amen? God's trying to uh, uh, give you a, a purpose and he wants to fulfill your purpose. So don't allow distractions. So, you know, in, in Luke 12, it's, it says, to whom much is given, much is required. That means we are responsible to all the things that God gives us. If God gives you a uh, purpose, it's, it's, so it's we're responsible how we handle that. So much is required, you know, so I, I talk to leaders all the time. There's a different requirement for, for leaders. Like you, if you're not home studying, if you're not home praying and working on your, your leadership skills, amen, and then you will, you will fall behind. We are responsible to what's given. Any type of talent that God's given you, that God's given you, he wants to use, how much time are you spending on that? If that is your purpose, how much time that you're spending on that? Amen? So we are responsible to the things that God's given us. If you are serious about succeeding in life, you have to adjust your level of commitment. Give your full attention to what God, ha what God has called you to do. Diligence cannot be sidelined. Cannot be a sideline issue. Diligence cannot be a sideline issue. We have to diligently seek him, diligently seek him. And then it says, that we have to guard our hearts with diligence because everything, everything flows from it. Everything flows from it. In Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put, uh, and put preserved lips far from you and let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and, and let all your ways be established and do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Your thoughts control your action. It says that we have to be diligent in, in guarding our heart, guarding, guarding our hearts. That means we don't allow certain things to enter. We have to be diligent at guarding our hearts because our thoughts controls our actions. So it's not, so you guard your heart by control, you control your thoughts. Amen? Before you can do a thing, you have to think it. Right? Your thoughts lead to attitudes, attitudes lead to actions, and actions leads to those achievements. It all begins with the, your thought life. Your achievements will be the sum total of your thoughts. I say it all the time. We have to think about what we are thinking about. Take time. Say, so what am I thinking about? And where is this thought taking me? <laughs> what am I giving life to based on my thought? Because your thoughts become your actions. Your actions becomes your achievements. Amen? We doing all right? I can't tell if you guys are, are receiving this or not. Just got the mask on, the eyebrows are like looking down like that. Just like, what's this preacher talking about? <laughs> when God is in your heart, then we think right, live right, and do right. 
When God's not, we think wrong, we live wrong, we do wrong, and we live wrong. It's just that simple. It says in this text here, it says in this, in this text here, a God-controlled thought life will govern your speech, guard your sight, and guide your steps. So the last thing I want to give you today, not a long message today, the last thing I want to give you today. So first, let's just review a how to fulfill purpose is that we need to be a resting place for God. It's important. Then we need to kind of get out of God's way, right? The second thing, let God lead and we get out of his way. Amen. And the third thing, we need to be diligent. And the fourth thing is just simple, but it's difficult for us to do, is to put God first. So if we go back to this text, and if I could have, um, um, what's her name? Caitlin. She's going to kill me for that. If we go back to the text, our text, our main text here, just look how Elijah and the, and the widow, look what happened when they put God first. It's amazing. So let's just talk about this scene a little bit first, right? When Elijah, when the word of the Lord came to Elijah and he came and he saw the widow and she was out picking up sticks, right? And she was ready to die. She was like, I'm about to have my last meal. I'm ready, I'm, I'm ready to die. You know, because there's been a drought going on and she has nothing. If you're a widow during those times and you can't get remarried, well, like, you are poor beyond poor. So obviously she was looking, she was looking for sticks outside. So that tells you how poor she was, right? So she's out there picking up, picking up sticks. And the Lord is so amazing. He sends us exactly what we need. But I'm sure... Elijah's presence caught her off guard. I mean, think about it. It's a drought. She's got nothing. She's ready to die. And here's Elijah coming up to her saying, give me a drink of water. She must have been like, it didn't, it didn't tell us, but come on. You imagine? Must, she's ready to die. She must have been like, who are you? Like, really? I'm about to die. I'm about to die. And you're asking me for a cup of water? But needless to say, she was going to get the water. So then he stopped her. He says, why, why are you going to do that? Can you bring me a morsel of bread? Can you? She was just like, as a Lord, my God, as a Lord. She said, as a, your Lord, your Lord, as your Lord, I, I, don't, I don't have anything. I don't, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't have anything to give you. Um, she's saying that. I'm about to make something for me and my child and we, we're gonna die. Because this is our last meal. That's an amazing thing that happened. Because here's Elijah, he's a stranger to her. But she recognized something in Elijah. She recognized the spirit of God in him. And then what did he do? He taught her something. He says to her, he says, go, when you make the cake, make me one first, bring it to me first. And then give it to you and your son. 
He was teaching her how to put God first. Because when you put God first, everything else will be added to you. Amen. And so her jar was filled. Everything. She had plenty during a famine when no one else had anything. She had plenty. He taught her how to put God first. We must put God first. No matter what. No matter what. Put him first. Ask God to remove what's first in your life. God said, just because sometimes we don't know how to do it. So ask him to say, hey, God, I want you to be first in my life. But can you remove what's in the way? What's in the way of you becoming first? Because I'm used to just this lifestyle that I'm living and, you know, um, just used to kind of getting by. I'm just used to going out and just picking up sticks. Not knowing where my last meal is going to come from. Not knowing how I'm going to get out of this circumstance. God, can you just remove what's in my way? That's bold. Yeah. That's amazing. He taught her how to put God first and she had plenty. And then how did Elijah put God first? It was simple. We've been saying it. Our message, the word of the Lord came to Elijah and he followed it. He followed it with a purpose. And then by him following the word, someone else got blessed. Your purpose, your God-given purpose, it's not just for you. God done sent that word to get to someone else. He just needs you to follow it. And he will use you to fulfill that purpose. What if Elijah said no? What if he said no? It's too hard. He's at the brook giving up. People don't want to respond to me, God. You're telling me to go tell Ahab to um, uh, that, that the, um, everything's going to dry up, it's going to be a famine and all that. They, they wanted to kill me, so I had to run and get out of here. Why? This, 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 this ministry is too hard. It's too hard. So what if he sat at the brook and just sat there and didn't move? What if he ignored the word that constantly came to him? What if he just ignored it? What if he said no? When he said yes, a woman who was in need was blessed. What are you holding back from God? Too much is given, much is required. God wants to use what he's given you. I don't know what it is, your talents, your gift. I don't know what it is, but he wants to use it. He wants to use it. He wants to use because someone else is going to get blessed. We will never be a church to allow people to sit on the pews. 
seats, chairs, whatever it is. If you're saying that you, you feel like God has a purpose in your life, don't say that to me. Don't say it to me. Because I'm going to sit down with you. Someone else is going to sit down with you. We're going to figure out what that is, and we're going to put some things in motion. And I'm going to hold you accountable to that. Because now more is required of you. Now it's more. We're raising up leaders in this church. It's more required of you. This is not regular church. God is not building regular people. He's using regular people to do, uh, you know what I mean, right? But he doesn't want us to have a regular approach. Diligent. He wants to be diligent, seeking him. Diligent about our call. Diligent about our purpose. Diligent. I've learned... Honestly, I'm not perfect. I've got a long way to go. I'm still learning this whole Christianity thing. I'm still, uh, you know, tr- figure out, you know, more about God. But all I know is I'm tired, man. I'm tired of holding on to my past. I'm tired of holding on to things that, that, um, that's not getting me anywhere. I just want God to do his thing in me. I just want to get out of his way. I just want to get out of his way. So this, so putting God first in this example of the widow reminds me of our yes. Because I'm looking around. What if we said no? Look what happened when we said yes. Beautiful people. People are getting raised up in this church. People are stepping into their car. It's amazing. That's what we are about. And I remember I could have given up. My wife reminded me of this story. First started going to church. First, we were, we were dating, and we, we found a church that we, we like, Calvary Life, right? We found a church that we like, and I started going to church. I was just learning this whole church thing, right? So my wife come over, right? You know, I'm laying in the bed, just relaxing, watching Sports Center. It's like, man, I'm taking a Sunday. Oh, this is great. That's right. She comes knocking on my door. I don't know why my roommate let her in, but he let her in. She came in. She's like, what are you, she's like, what are you doing? We gotta go to church. I was like, what do you mean? I just wanna take a Sunday off. She said, no, we have, to, we have to go to church. She never preached to me, but all she said is important to be consistent. I was like, I said, I said, honey, seriously, do we have to go to church every week? No lie. I said, like, do we have to go to church every week? Can I just take a, a, a Sunday off? She said, no, God has so much more for you. God has so much more for you. I don't know. I got up that Sunday. I got dressed. I don't know if she heard from the Lord. I never really asked her. I, I got to service that Sunday. It felt like, like every man in that place was just speaking over my life, speaking purpose into me. First time that ever happened to me. Speaking purpose to me. And I remember that day. What if I stayed in bed? What if I stayed in bed? Man, purpose drives us. Purpose gives us something to look forward to. Without purpose, life is boring. Life is boring. That's why you see people go to church, to church, to church. You come here, you're going to be a member here, you want to be, listen, we're going to find your purpose. Life is going to be exciting because we're going to cry with you. 
We're going to laugh with you. We're going to walk with you no, no matter what. Because those tears are going to turn into joy. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. But no one said it would be. But it's, it's glorious when we have a purpose to serve and watch how God fulfills it. It's going to be amazing. Amazing. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. You have a purpose that God wants to fulfill. And God's calling me here. He called me here. He called me here to help you to find and to fulfill. To find and to fulfill. Come on, stand with me. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.